Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. The key to the life of the believer is being spiritual first. And living in this planet um, is really a spiritual assignment. It's just a physical planet, but the enemy tries to take physical things to deter um, men and women and children and young people to turn them from God instead of to God. Amen. Um, Your television can be a blessing to you. It can be a curse to you. Your phone can be a blessing to you or a curse to you. Man determines how you use the physical is based on whether you're spiritual or not versus carnal. Amen. Money is good, but money can be used uh, to promote darkness or it can be used to, pro- to promote the spiritual realm. And so it's the origin of the person's heart that determines if they're going to be a spiritual person or a natural person. And uh, this is why I ask you to turn to um, the Gospel of John chapter 4. And uh, we're going to be talking about praying in the Spirit tonight. And I have a lot to share with you about that. And uh, that's why I quoted 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, Apostle Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all which means that people ought to be praying in tongues every day and throughout the day. Amen. Amen. Kenneth Hagin said praying in tongues is a doorway to the supernatural. That typically if people do not pray in tongues, they will not have a strong healing ministry or the church won't either, nor a strong deliverance ministry. Because praying in tongues is the beginning of the supernatural for man. And that's why you see it in the book of Acts, and it's attacked. And I said praying in tongues. Prayer is talking. Prayer is communication with God. Amen. And we've looked at Matthew twenty, Matthew twenty-one, um, Jesus preaching the Father's will. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Prayer is a spiritual exercise because it's talking to God. Amen. Uh, Billy Graham was quoted as saying. He could have done more in his ministry, and I'm paraphrasing that, and the reason why he said that, he said, I spend too much time talking to people and not enough time talking to God. And uh, the church should be in intercession. The strength of the church is based on its intercession. The strength, of, the strength of Jesus' ministry was based on intercession. It was his prayer life. You cannot find out the will of God for your life without prayer. You cannot find out the will of God for your life without drawing into his presence. James chapter 4, you can write this down, very important passage of scripture. James chapter 4 around verse 6, 7, and 8, it says, draw nigh to God, and then God will draw nigh to you. A lot of times people feel so far from the heavenly father, it's because they don't do what's necessary to get close to him. You don't, don't do what's necessary to get close to him. And it's, it's on our side now 
Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, and through recreating us in the image and likeness of God, created an access for us that we can come to the Father. And therefore, the Bible tells us in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace to help in a time of need. Amen. Which means you can always have grace, you can always have help, and it doesn't matter what the need is, you always got a supply. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We got all the help we'll ever need. But our mind has to be renewed to that. The Bible says you got to spend time changing the way. All of us do the way we think. All of us have to spend time changing the way we think. Amen. Look what Jesus said here in... um, in John, the Gospel of John, chapter, uh, he's talking to the, to the woman that, that he met at the well. And we look at verse 21. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, and when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. You know, people can have ignorance in worship. There's a lot of ignorance in worship. Worship is what you do in order to conform to the image of God. Worship is obtaining an image. It's not just singing a song. It's not just clapping. Worship is obtaining an image, which means false worship is called idolatry because you're conforming into something that's not the will of God. I'm becoming something, and worship is what you give your attention to. Worship is how you live every moment of your life. It's not... And a worship service should be a worship that conforms you to the image. The whole time here is working on conformity to the image or transformation to the image of God. So if a person is not a constant word person, they're not changing. They can come to church, but they're not changing. Brother Dale Tilly, Church on the Rock, he said, most people never change. And it's because, and I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about people that say they know God because their transformation time is limited to Sunday morning and Wednesday night, at best, at best. But Sunday morning and Wednesday night, if it's primarily teaching, it's renewing the mind, but transformation takes place in God's presence. Amen. And, and, of course, we believe in the presence of God when we come here. I'm believing for the anointing to be on my life, to teach. I'm anointed to do it. And, and, and because of the presence of God being here, it's a transformation time. But you got to do something with transformation that you receive here. you got to do something with it because the enemy wants to, what the Bible says in Mark chapter 4 in the sword of the sea, he wants to come and steal your transformation experience where you don't remember the words that was just preached in that service. Like I said, Dr. Jacobs, when he was here a Sunday ago, it was the most, it was the most, it was the best consolidation of the spirit realm concerning angels. Now, he's got volumes of information on angels and their ministry to us, and they are spiritual beings. But it was the best consolidation I've ever heard him give, knowing he only had one service. So you know what you do with something like that? You go back and listen to it over and over again. You go back and you sit down and listen to it, and you take notes with it. 
because most people get up every day and live, I'm not people, I shouldn't say people, children of God get up and live every day as if they have no angelic intervention in their life for their promotion and well-being. They're afraid, they're insecure, they're intimidated, they have anxiety, they think what's happening on the planet can happen to them. No, you got angels in camp around about you. Amen. You got to get it. All of us have to get up and really live in the realm of the supernatural. In Genesis chapter 1, 1, I'm not going there, but I'd like to. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and they are unit. They are, they are unit and they function as one. Heaven is not some separated some unknown gap between us. No, they're a unit. It's like peanut butter and jelly. They are part of the same sandwich. Bacon and eggs on the same plant, on the same plate. It's a unit. And they're so intertwined, you can't separate them. And so every day we're supposed to get up in this house of prayer and say, let it happen on earth just like it is in heaven. And heaven is a spiritual planet. So it says, I'm supposed to, that prayer is declaring, I'm going to have a spiritual experience every day of my life. I'm, in, I'm encountering and I'm calling on and I'm experiencing the supernatural every day. I don't have natural days. I got supernatural protection. Amen. Praise God. Nothing run into my nothing, nothing's gonna run into my life and overcome it and take it over. Sickness and disease, I have a defense against that. Amen. Because if they don't have it going on in heaven, then it's not supposed to happen here. You ought to be glad Jesus died so that you can have a heaven. Amen. Why are you here on this earth? So look what he says right here. He says, you worship, you don't know how you're worshiping. Amen. You need to know how you're worshiping. We know not what we, he says, we know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. The hour cometh, somebody says it's happening. And now is, it's happening now, when the true worshipers, all right, and now y'all realize something, there's got to be a false one then. It's got to be some kind of worship going on and if it's false worship, then God couldn't be the author of it. If it's false worship, then God cannot be the author of it. If the worship is not conforming me to the image of Christ, I don't care if your first cousin goes there, wherever it is, if it's not conforming you to the image of Christ, it's a worship that didn't come from God. So Jesus shows up in Jerusalem. 480 God synagogues in Jerusalem alone. Nobody's getting healed. But, but, but God is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth them. So why is not anybody getting healed? It's because the presence of God is not manifesting where they're congregating. And the last thing you want to do is congregate and God not be there. So our job is to live a spiritual life where we're conscious of the presence of God. We don't grieve and quench the Holy Spirit so that when we come together, we get a manifestation of the presence of God. So if you need healing tonight, then praise God is healed. If you need deliverance, it's healed. 
If you need financial supply, it's here. Whatever you need is here, amen, so that you can have a heavenly experience now and not hope and wish is coming down the road somewhere. Amen. So he said right here, true worship will do that. He says, uh, the hour come the true worship shall worship the Father what? You need to circle in spirit in your Bible. This is a spiritual endeavor. This is a spiritual endeavor. This is an endeavor not of your intellect, not of your natural intellect. It's not an endeavor of the physical. It's an endeavor of the spiritual. And one of the ways you practice the spiritual on purpose is you pray in other tongues. And so we laid hands on people, and many people got baptized in the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. And I know what happens when you have that experience. When you leave, when you leave this gathering, the enemy starts challenging you. You, you. you ain't making no sense at all. That, that's dumb what you're doing. And don't tell your cousin, the first cousin, that you went down to the church on the rock and got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And, and people uh, uh, can say this is of the devil. I remember, one, I remember the pastor that married us when he found out I was in ministry and I was pastor of the church in the supernatural, and then somebody from that church wanted to come here. I said, go back, because I was doing things the honorable way. I said, you need to go back and tell him you're leaving. Because I feel like I got some relationship with him. He told him we were a cult. So <laughs> that's what he told him. Okay, because we're doing the Bible. But no, when Pastor Cynthia needed deliverance, he couldn't help her. He said, I don't know how to help you. That's false worship. And the last time I talked to him, he had an oxygen tank and tubes in his nose. He said, Keith, I always, I always knew you were called into the ministry. Yes, and God told me not to tell you. Because you had no ability to train me. And, and if you knew that, then you should have known we wasn't a cult. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, you're moving right along. I just threw that out there. Moving on. It says right here, the true worshiper shall worship the Father. Notice he has to be in the presence of the Father. Worship means I'm in the presence of the Father, finding out his counsel, his will, his wisdom. And one of the ways we do that, we live a life, we have a lifestyle in the Word. Your Bible is the plan of God for your life. Jesus said, my words are spirit. So when you are reading the Bible the right way, you are having a spiritual worship experience. When the words come off the page, see, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. That's why I'm having a spiritual experience talking to you tonight. When the words start coming off the page, then you know you're saved now. Amen. Because some people read it anyway, they just don't get nothing. Well, you're going to have to get saved for real. I ain't talking about joining the church. I'm talking about getting saved where the Holy Ghost invades your life. Amen. Because you want this more than, than you want anything else in this life. See, I've wanted it, praise God. I remember one night we were visiting churches and we were looking for our church where God wanted us to go. We, did, we were really looking for a pastor. And uh, people would look at us and call us churchgoers. Y'all are hungry. Yeah, I'm still hungry too. Amen. Amen. I'm still hungry for the word of God. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. 
The Bible says if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, righteousness means the plan of God for your life, you're going to get it. When you tell Father, I'm ready for what you birthed me in this earth for. Amen. He knew you before you even saw your mother. Amen. Before you entered into your mother's womb, God said, I already knew who you were. And that's what I'm supposed to be. True worship, true worship is going after what he knew about you before you entered into your mother's womb. And the devil have a lot of things happen to you from the time you were born until you time you really meet somebody that can help you worship. I was 25 years old before I met the man that could help me with my destiny. What was all that in the middle for? What was all that other stuff for? And see, I'm smart enough to know now. I've been around the corner a couple by now. You know, Dr. Jacob said a couple of county fairs and a couple of hayrides. I have been to a couple of county fairs now. And I know it was a divine appointment. That's why we told all those churches for eight months, no, we don't belong here. Why? Because the Spirit of God is saying we don't belong here. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And, we, and the Holy Spirit is never going to lead you into a place you don't belong. Amen. You might go there because you think it's going to turn out good. But it's not. Not if it's not the plan of God. So all the places we went for eight months, I could hear the Holy Ghost. I, I, don't, I, I had no knowledge of, of, of many of the scriptures I'm going to share with you tonight. But I could hear the Spirit of God. You start getting led before you know a scripture. The moment you get born again, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. They don't have to have a Bible school degree. My sheep know my voice. Amen. That's John 10, 27. You need to say, I know his voice. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I think it's around verse 10, in this world there are many voices. You hearing stuff when ain't nobody even there. Don't act like you don't. You're hearing things when nobody's even there. You're hearing things about you. And if it's the devil, it's always degraded. It's always taken from you. If it's God, it's adding to you. Amen. Praise God. He says right here, the Father, he says, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So it's going to take, that's why we call ourselves Word and Spirit Church. The Word, the truth of the Word, and then Spirit <laughs> I'm using my spirit to worship God. Amen. He says they're gonna, he's not going to worship me out of his soul, and a lot of churches soul worship. Somebody say, y'all bougie over that church. People talking about y'all. I'm just telling you, they're talking about y'all because they know you're coming with some real gospel. <laughs> Pastor Cynthia was telling me about it. It's one Anyway, <laughs> say we dance every Sunday. Night. I believe in dancing, but not a zeal without knowledge. Every service can't be a kicking it service. Jesus said, "My yoke is easy, and my birth. come and learn." It can't always be recess. I like to, I like to, I, you praise God. I could kick it up with the best of them. Amen, praise God. It'll really be a Holy Ghost service too. Amen, but, is it, but anyway, just having soulish, fleshly worship is not, and God know the church, and, and depending on the culture of the church, depends on how they done had it. Some churches don't move. Stature church. And then you got the recess church. <laughs> 
they don't think if somebody's shouting hallelujah and somebody ain't, ain't bucking and screaming and dancing, ain't something ain't wrong. Something's wrong. You got to be, be taught the word of God. The Bible said Jesus went through all of Galilee and Jerusalem and you're teaching. Teaching, then preaching, and then manifestations. Amen. So he says the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father seeketh such to worship him. So the Father is looking for a place to worship too. He's looking for a place that is true worship, which means that every person should be serving God out of their spirit. That's what makes praying in tongues is so important. Turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. In verse 9, Romans chapter 1, verse 9. Very important scripture right here. And um, Dr. Jacobs taught me this scripture. He said, Keith, you're a good student. He didn't say I was a good dancer <laughs> and a good hooper. He said, Keith, you was you a student of the word. You have to be taught the word of God. Jesus, the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Some people, if they don't have an organ, they can't pray. And then it's not even a prayer anyway. It's just, he said, if your prayer is just to impress people, that's your reward. That's a prayer with no manifestations. He said, for God is my witness, Romans chapter 1, verse 9, God is my witness who I serve with my spirit. Which means real worship is the spirit in ascendancy, hearing from God and following out instructions out of their spirit. Now, hold your place here. Hold your place here and look over here at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm giving you some scriptures tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Give you some scriptures tonight because you don't know how to worship. If you can't worship in, worship in spirit is part of it. Truth has got to be the next part. You got to know why you do what you do. Truth is means that your life is based on the word of God. The Bible said, Jesus said, my word is truth. What is truth is what God said. Truth never changes no matter where you are. Truth remains the same no matter what environment it is. It's, truth works in Nashville, Tennessee. It works in Indiana. It works in other continents around the world. It works from one house to the other. Truth is the same. It doesn't matter where it is, what culture, what person. Truth is the same for whoever, whenever, Whatever. Truth can be applied for divine results, which means healing will work all over the planet. In some countries, they don't have run down to the hospital, 10 care. You got to get it out of the spirit. And if you're smart, you learn how to get it out of the spirit with, with, with hospitals all around you. 
Because when the day comes and they say we've done all we can do, those are places of limitation. Even at the, their best, that's man doing his best and thank God for it. But the day comes when they tell you we've done all you can do. And some of them even get become prophets and tell you well, you're going to die in so many, you got so many months. Why? Because they've studied it. And by facts, I didn't say truth, I said facts. They take the facts of what happened to other people, they look at your condition and it looks the same, and they say you got about that much time. And a lot of times they're right. That's the power of facts. But truth is, Jehovah Rapha <laughs> is your healer, and it's nothing too hard for God. When they say they can't help you no more, they say this is too hard for us. They say this is, this, is, this is too hard for us. Now, the true worshiper knows already. Amen. The truth is nothing is too hard for God. Now, if he's living and worshiping with that truth, then he doesn't lose hope. He said, that's fine. Thank you for everything y'all done for me. <laughs> Thank y'all for everything y'all done. I know somebody that's nothing too hard for him. And miracles are set in the church for divine intervention, amen, in the ordinary course of nature. But only the true worshiper knows how to get that experience. I'm going to say that again. The only the true worshiper knows how to get that experience. And if a person has been, not been practicing the life of a true worshiper, then all of a sudden we try to tell them it's available. It doesn't mean they can attain to it. I mean you can attain to it. Normally, something catastrophic physically requires being in the Word all day long. No news at 6 and 10. No cartoons. No as the world turns. And then people tired and passing out because you preach, you talk 30 minutes. But now you're in a situation that's going to require word all day. Amen. Because the word, he said, it's like a seed. And, and once you plant it, amen, it begins to bring forth, if at first the ear, amen, then the, then the mature grain, then the harvest. It takes time to turn some things around. He said, James said, your life can be like a ship. It can be going the wrong direction. Your finances can be going the wrong direction. Your health can be going the wrong direction. But God gave you the word to change your situation. And if you stay to turn a ship, you just can't turn the ham one time. You got to stay with the thing and hold it in a turn position until it comes all the way around. Well, it's the same thing with the word. If you get that healing word, it'll turn and just hold on to them and say, I'm going to stay here like Job said. I'm staying here till my change comes. I got a change coming, but I got to stand here. But if you want to word intolerant people, you're Christian, but you're word intolerant. How long we been here? Well, you might have to sit in the waiting room in the doctor because there's a whole lot of people. You may have to sit there 30 minutes. You may have to be on meds for months. And then you sit there and follow the instructions. You know, hold on, I got to say, I took my medicine, yeah. Be having conversation with people. 
and then get the little pouch. Tuesday medicine, Wednesday medicine, Thursday medicine. And got to fill out the whole little pouch, and there in every medicine. Well, the Bible said the word is medicine to all your flesh, and it will heal you and bring health to you if you treat it like medicine. What is medicine every day? What is the doctor instruction? What is Dr. Rogan instruction in the word of God? This is instruction. People come to church. We don't want instruction. We want to dance. <laughs> we want to hang from the rafters. I do too after somebody get healed. I do too after somebody get their breakthrough. I do too after a home is put back together. I do too after victory. Amen. I do too. I like doing that too. But I like winning first. Then jump. <laughs> All right, moving right along. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Well, let's start at verse 16 because the verses are so short. Rejoice evermore. How often should you be rejoicing? Well, it ain't mean you can't have a long face day. What? <laughs> Someone said, I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. If people would just be happy that you alive and God woke you up today, that's something to rejoice over. Pray without what? One of the ways you do that is praying in tongues. You can pray in tongues throughout the entire Praying tongues on your job while you're walking down the hall. Well, I got to go down and see so-and-so in the office on the next floor. Well, you can go down the hallway, Sheila Bakosinde. Father, I want to thank you. When I speak in tongues, I talk to you. You have to declare what you're doing so that you pray in tongues in faith. You have to say what you're doing. It helps if you say what you're doing. So the devil can't tell you, you stupid. No, I'm talking to God. And no man understand me. I'm talking to He gave me a prayer language to exclusively talk to him so that I could have true worship. And it's one thing the devil has attacked. The number of denominations that do not speak in tongues and now the leadership of those churches can't even tell you how to receive it. Healing either. Deliverance either. You're going to go to a counselor. You're going to get referred, just like her pastor told her, I can't help you. And thank God for her sister. She got a coach, some church that had some Holy Ghost in it and picked her up. She's about a mop stick size and losing weight and everything, half falling out of her head. Anyway, I had to look at you. Anyway, I mean, I just... I saw the whole thing, praise God. <laughs> yeah, she was going through. I went over her house. Her daddy said, Keith, you need to go see her, Cynthia. I said, okay, I'll go by and see her. And as she laid in bed, she was crying under, under a heavy depression, demonic. I said, you need to trust God. She said, oh, she cried even more. <laughs> I said, that's the answer. So then she went up to the service, and the preacher got up and said, you need to try God. 
try Jesus. So I said, now wait a minute, you got delivered when he said try Jesus, but you couldn't get delivered when I said trust God. It ain't a whole lot of difference in that. I, but you know what, I didn't get upset and feel bad because the Bible, Paul said one water and another one plant, but God gives the increase. I said, I was one of the first men of God, real men of God in your life. It helped you get deliverance, praise God. She, got, she was smart, she stayed with me too. But anyway, <laughs> moving right along, she got in that prayer line. We knew nothing about falling. You read the Bible, it's in there. We knew nothing about falling under the power of God. Nothing. And she got in that prayer line, and because he said, try Jesus, she went to try Jesus. And he laid hands on her, and she fell out on the floor. We didn't know nothing about that. But that experience is why this church exists. Because when we start looking for a place to worship, she said, Keith, we got to go to a place where the power of God is because she had an experience with it. See, nobody can change your experiences with the power. And I, I, I didn't know what she was talking about, but is that even out there somewhere? What does that look like? And God led us to a, one of the most hungry young preachers that was 30 years old back in that day, on fire pursuing God after the supernatural power of God. And he's the same today. He hadn't changed at all. And we're the same too. And when I heard him preach the first time, I said, God, I knew you was that big. I just need to hear somebody say it. See, that's why you got to be pastored. You need to hear something that's going to take you to the next level. Amen. Praise God from somebody that's known to say it to you. In everything, give thanks. We just talked about that. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The believer ought to be a thankful person. Not a, not a, not a complainer. Verse 19, quench not the spirit. Do not stop the Holy Spirit from, uh, and see, this is how people become false worshipers. They keep trying to worship God, but they have quenched the Spirit. You can't, the Holy Spirit is a person. And, and the believer can stop him from working in their life. Just don't walk in love with people. You got to live a life, holy life. You got to live a life free from sin. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. And everybody's going to have to mortify their flesh. That's everybody. I don't care what it is. Any kind of work of the flesh has got to be dealt with. And the enemy tries to find out what your thing is. Whatever it is. You don't like people. Okay, good. Just get you to hate a bunch of people. And then he disinherits you. He's after your inheritance. You are a child of God. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Everything he owns is yours. You are heir of God. Now, getting up every day, acting like that, that's the difference in living over the top and just keep living the same way. The mind has to be renewed. Now, let's look at this, what it says right here. Despise not prophesying which means God wants the gifts of the Spirit to operate in the church, including the gift of prophecy. Prove all things, yet we got to test all things. Somebody came in here and told me, well, I want to prophesy in the church. I said, no, you're not. 
It says prove all things. You don't walk in here and start doing that. I don't even know you. Last time we saw him, Pastor Cynthia said, you've been missing a lot of church. Then they got offended and just left. Good. I told her today, that person walked in here. I said, they're not going to work. I have done this now for 23 years. You ought to be able to pick a good one from a dud. Amen. We're fruit inspectors. The Bible says you will know them by their fruit. We are fruit inspectors. She's just FBI, though. She's CIA, <laughs> National Security Administration. Amen. I said, he ain't going to work. I'm just telling you that right now. I could just tell it. And sometimes we know it. Sometimes we want to help you. I'm not everybody's pastor. And God don't send everybody here. I had to tell somebody not too long ago, don't ever come back. Well, you're not giving people change. You are unchangeable. You're in that group, the reprobate people. That's who you are. And go try to play your game with somebody else because I'm not the one. And you have, this is part of shepherding. It's, thank you. You're more than welcome. Praise God. There's a thing called a wolf, goats, and sheep. And everything that comes in the congregation is not a sheep. Dr. Frank said, run off the wolves, milk the goats, and feed the sheep. That's how you pastor. You'll figure that out down the road. <laughs> Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. It says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I did all that to get to this one verse. I pray God your whole spirit, soul, body, be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I just read you the scripture says, serve God with your spirit. So Brother Jim, come up here. And Brother Scott and Javier, see y'all on the front row, I always do this because you are a three-part being. And maybe somebody's not seen me do this. Well, praise God, you're going to get to see me do it now. You are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. All three of y'all stand up there in a nice straight line. and There you go, praise God. You are a three-part being according to this scripture. That's the truth. He says, I pray God your whole spirit, soul, body, be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is, we'll let Brother Jim be the spirit. This is the real you. This is the part. He said, I just read in Romans 1, 9, I serve God with my spirit. So my service, whether I'm praying, whether I'm ushering, whether I'm singing, whether I'm working on sound equipment, my service comes out of my spirit. This is the way we don't get carnal service. We get a text. My wife gets a text because you decided to fornicate. Well, I'm not going to be working anymore at church on the rock. We didn't want you to. I preached what I preached that morning just for you. 
you got offended. You're not going to bring your little boyfriend in the church and just sleep around all through the church. Do I have to read 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9? It said, if a brother or a sister calling themselves a believer lives that way, I don't even want you to sit down and eat with them. That relationship is going to destroy you. And I'm a good shepherd, and I know that I know what's going to happen down the road a few years from now. Sin is pleasurable for a little while. Then after that comes the harvest. I was trying to keep you from the harvest, but you didn't serve out. You can't fornicate with your spirit. That's a work of the flesh. That's what your body wants. I'm preaching real good right now. Your body can have desires that can end up destroying the whole man this is why your spirit with the holy spirit has to mortify the deeds of the flesh you got to make this puppy obey you have to nobody's going to do that for you you have to do that the bible says you with the help of the holy spirit if i'm the help of the holy spirit i'm empowering you you had to know that was wrong Matter of fact, I know you knew that was wrong. The day the person comes in, the first day, bring them in here. Pastor Rogan, I told him I don't, if he, he's going to serve God, he's not going to serve God, then I don't want him. Well, he's active. Can I talk for a minute? He's active. This part of him is working. And he don't know how to live with this. So you just pick somebody that we got to fix. And if you put the relationship before evangelism, why aren't you trying to get him to mature first? Why aren't you trying to get him saved first? Because the bottom line is, normally they change you, you don't change them. That's what he said in Deuteronomy. But then all of a sudden we see the spiritual decline. Now I got to say what I got to say. Then you jump up in the flesh, but not in the spiritual. This one ain't working because you learn how to make this one. When you are immature in Christ, you have learned how to shut your spirit man down. Even though you're born again, you can't even hear the voice of it. That's why praying in tongues is so important. Praying in tongues is so important because it's the first time your spirit is operating independent of your mind and your body that's why it's so important to pray in other tongues why i serve god with my spirit god does not want service out of your soul and flesh first he wants it coming out of here this one is perfected it's made in the image and likeness of god this part of you is incapable of sinning this is the reason why we can eat they get saved don't live one day for God. Don't serve God one day. They're still going to heaven. Why? Because this is the Son of God. Regardless of how this one talks, you don't get saved on performance. You get saved by grace. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So they're still going to heaven. They're the child of God. When they get up there, they realize the devil was stealing from me, stole my life. Now, you don't get blessed now. They'll shut you down from the blessing. That's why he says don't quench the spirit. So everybody has got to mortify the deeds of their flesh. It ain't one person in existence 
You don't have to put flesh down. Sometimes it could be you just pick up the fork too much. You got a chocolate cake thing. Amen. And then you're in the doctor's office. And you say, this cake-itis again. He says, now the Holy Spirit and God, he says, I'm working to preserve this whole thing blank. Why? Because people can see how we're living. They can see how this one's living. And you know why, why a lot of people don't want to go to church? And your witness is ruined. Little Sally, little Johnny, get you in the sack. You're done preaching to them. Because they're going to tell you real quick, when the day comes, you living out here just like me. Don't be telling me when to read my Bible, when to go to church and worship God. Basically, you're on the same level I'm on, except for you tow the Bible around and run to the church every now and then. That is good. You have just lost your witness and your evangelism to that person. Why do I have to go down there and live with the way you're saying to live when you can't live it yourself? And it's because I didn't put this one in the sentence. I've seen them all kinds of things. Now, this one right here is the reason why that one fails to be trained. It's called the renewing of the mind. We always talk about this, but this is the soul of the person. This is the mind. This is where a person thinks. And a matter of fact, this is where the decider is. Isn't that something the decider's in the middle? Yeah. Now, your spirit has a strong desire too, but the decider's right here. When the mind is not renewed in truth, then this one can be living with what everybody else is doing, what my cousin said, what my mama, what my daddy said, and it's based on a knowledge that's not truth. You shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. He's seeking the people that live this kind of way. He's not looking for anybody else. You heard what he said he's looking for? True worshipers. The Father seeketh them. He's after them. Those are the ones that are going to walk in the blessing. Those are the ones that are going to walk in the miracles and the signs and wonders. So he says, I'm working to preserve the whole thing, but I serve God with this person. So I make a confession when I'm praying. I said, I preach with my spirit. I sing with my spirit. I make the confession that whatever I do, my service to God has to come out of my spirit. Now, when this one gets renewed in truth, it sits down and reads the Bible. The Bible says you go through what is called the renewing of the mind. Once the mind changes the way you think, then the body starts lining up. It'll start lining up. It'll know why we shouldn't do what we do. Sometimes it's just wisdom. Am I going to live this way and go down this road? You should always know what it's going to cost you. You should always know, Pastor Nancy said this about 
people that are given to strife. Some people just like to argue. They think they're right about everything. That's a work of the flesh. It's called quarreling, dissension, anger. Can't control the thought life. Pastor Cynthia used to tell our children when I was growing up about anger. He said, the Bible said if a person cannot control their temperament, it's like a, it's like a city without walls. And back in that day, it's talking about if you didn't have walls, your city wasn't defended. The Bible said a soft answer turns away wrath. So I got to get in the word, renew my mind where I start doing the word. What I'm talking about is a process. You make a mistake, what do you do? You repent. All the person had to do was just repent. Oh, no, I'm going to keep my boyfriend. I'm going to keep living like I'm living. Well, you're not doing that here. Why? Because the Bible said I'm not supposed to have you here doing that. A little leaven that leavened the whole lump. Somebody else see you in the church. Somebody else would have just, 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 just with a mind that's able to be tempted says, well, that's going on at church on the rock. And a little leaven, leaven the whole lump. And it'll be like the places I grew up in. Homosexuals all on the keyboards. Fornicators all in the choir. Deacons sleeping with everybody in the church. It'll come over the whole church. Then when we need the healing to take place, we have quenched the spirit of God and now you can't get it. That just costs too much. So I just had to tell her bye-bye. We don't want you working in the nursery with our kids. It's no telling where that could go. Thank y'all for coming up. Y'all can give them a hand. They had it. Amen. It's tight to some people, but it's right. Amen. Praise God. Everybody has to learn to overcome the flesh. So it says, I serve God with my spirit. Go over here to 1 Thessalonians. Let's take a look at this. And I'm going to take just a few minutes. My time is up. Did you get some help so far? I'm going to tell you the truth. Now, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm almost out of time. I went there. 1 Corinthians chapter. And sometimes people get mad at me. I remember I was talking to Pastor Tim about a pastor that uh, was in Indiana. And he took over church. And it was some kids that were fornicating in the church. And he corrected them. They went home and told their mom and daddy. So the mom and daddy got with the leadership of the church and asked them to leave. But see, that's why I told Dr. Jacobs I will never take a church over where leadership is already established because most likely they're going to be carnal people. You have to lead a church from the top down. You don't give authority to car you don't give authority to carnal bucket men that never pray, that never read their Bibles. You can watch their spiritual life and get in the flesh with you. You do not give them leadership authority just because they're men. You'd be better off make you better be you'd be better off having deaconesses. Nothing wrong with a woman being a deacon in the church. The Bible said a deacon ought to be a, a mature spiritual person. Not drinking, not cursing, not living in sin all week long, and then put a suit on. 
on Sunday morning and you got demons all around you. The pastor that married us, the one that had the tank, he told me, he said, I tried to change the church keys, but the motherboard told me that we would get rid of you because we like the way so-and-so hits the keys on the keyboard. We like jumping on Sunday morning. That's what he told me. And it's just a cart book at church, and it's almost gone now. Corona done wiped a lot of that stuff out. I'm just telling you, because he can't stand under pressure. He wipes the whole thing out. I'm preaching good right now and teaching. First Corinthians chapter 5. Y'all will have me go there. It is reported. Somebody done turned somebody in. That's what it said. Don't turn somebody in. It is reported commonly, which means it had become a common practice in the church. Amen. So why is it in the, this is the Bible. This was a carnal church. It was probably the worst one in there. This looks like this one's the worst one. And this is why this is in here. Because the churches I grew up in Every one of them, it was, it was over the top. Every church I was in until I met Dr. Jacobs, this was over the top. Every one of them. And not one of them could you get healing. Not one of them could you get deliverance. Not one of them could you get guidance on how to live a godly life. Not one of the pastors knew anything about the gifts of the spirit and the supernatural. Not one of them. Not any of them that got trained. None of the churches they went out and pastored. None of them could do it. So God says now, he says, don't you tell anybody in this congregation about our discussion about the calling on your life. Basically, these men will not train you. That's what he told me. And another thing he gave us in the word of prophecy, he said, whether others have failed me, you will not do it. Amen. And all you got to do is study the churches in Nashville. You will be shocked. Pastors committing suicide and all kinds of things like it had thriving churches in the city. And the churches, the chairs we got in storage came from a church that closed. It was a thriving church in this city. It was a word and spirit church. It was a, it was a I'm sorry, I'm going to say pastor changed the whole direction of this church because his son decided he wants tattoos, earrings, nose, all kinds of stuff. How did your boy even grow up like that under your watch? And I saw him and we went over and buy the chairs from him. How did your son even grow up like that? You don't preach to everybody else and lose your own house. Hey Amen. I'm just, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being straight with you. The word is the word. People don't preach this. You ain't going to see nobody preach on 1 Corinthians chapter 5 until Jesus come back, unless it's a real church. And nobody's going to cover this. It is reported commonly there is fornication among you, such as fornication as a, and not such as, as he's named among the Gentiles. We know the Gentiles living like this, but now it's in the church. That one should have his father's wife. Ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned. You just let it keep going on. That he that have done this deed may be taken away from among you. Do not let him keep come sitting in this church. We could have a big church if we want one like that. I think about it every day. I don't want it. You 
know why? Because I don't want to be sitting somewhere in my 80s with an oxygen tank and tubes up my nose because I can't get healing to work for me because I counseled it out for the whole church. Normally, if a pastor does that, he's going to catch it down the road. Now, I teach about the pastoral anointing, but I ain't taught about the Jeremiah. He said, woe unto the pastors that mislead my flock. I died. Jesus said, I died for them. You don't remember, you can't give a deliverance to her, so you don't get it. You couldn't minister deliverance to her when she came for help. And he said, I don't know nothing about this, and I don't want to even learn nothing about it. Okay? So you get oxygen, and you get tubes. And you get to see what it's like to be tormented in your body. And that's how he went out of here. And I feel sorry for him. I didn't get mad at him. Change, sometimes people, like Dale Tilly was right, some people don't want to change. This is about change, y'all. Yes, Can I just be real with you? This is about change. This ain't about you staying the way you are because it's not profitable for anybody else. You staying and me staying the same don't profit anybody. It doesn't profit the We can't have a revival in a church like that. And I'm going to tell you something about the Zusa Street Revival. William Seymour found out that sanctification was a key to revival. The church cannot be in the world and God pull his spirit out on it. Unity is another key. You can't have division in the church. Can't have you over here not liking somebody over here or you not liking somebody over here and doing it right in the church. That is not service with the spirit. That is service with your carnal flesh thinking. Teach people not to do it. You got to be corrected. You just got to be corrected. I'm talking about going all the way. Yeah. I'm not. I, I didn't. I, anyway, I didn't come to do this. Carlita's trying to look at me like this. She was shaking her head. I'm just. I'm, I, I called because she come to me from one of those places. Mass on her lung. She come to me from one of those places, mass on the lung, and went to the pastor for help and couldn't get it. And somebody told her about this church. I just pulled out the healing scriptures that are in that packet that she passes out. I said, you go home and look at these scriptures. <laughs> when you read it, Pastor sent it, I lay hands on you. Went back to the doctor, the mass is gone. It shrank down so far, it shrunk down so far, it's gone. That's the manifestation she got. See, we want power God up in here. That's why I, I want to have confidence standing before God that the Lord goeth with you, confirming the word with signs. We want signs following. I ain't trying to have no empty ministry. I want power up in here, I'm trying to tell you. I want power up in here. And whatever changes I got to make, I got to mortify my flesh just like you. We can't just run loose. Say, well, let's report it. If somebody reports you, don't get mad at them. Thank them. <laughs> Thank them. I'm so glad you turned me in. I got it changed. <laughs> Say amen to that. I know you feel like, oh, me, amen. You may need to repent tonight. We may have a repentance service tonight. Amen for any work of the flesh. Why? I want you to live with power. I don't want to do all the praying and run into all the hospitals and all that stuff myself. We got to raise up some people to go do that. 
Somebody had an accident and texted me 2 o'clock in the morning. I, I woke up early morning, 5 o'clock, and saw it. Got through the rest of the day, totally forgot about it. I want somebody else to call them. Well, I got to do everything. You got a hand too, don't you? We go lay it on somebody in the name of Jesus. Go pray for someone. Why well, I got to run and do everything? I ain't trying to, I'm not trying to go out of here early. Wear myself out and run me out. Why wouldn't pastor there? Well, are you going to be there when I need you to go see somebody? Or is it just me running to everything? No, I'm not one of a church like that. No, everybody got a responsibility to live right. You got a responsibility. You affect the service. How you come through those doors, you affect the service. Yes, you do. So you, you live in a life like that. You join yourself to a holler. You make yourself one with that. You brought that spirit in here. That's why you got to get up every day and judge yourself. Father, forgive me. And Kenneth, who is it? Smith Wigglesworth raised more people from the dead, probably in any, any, any time in known history, says the New Testament believer will have to repent often, even over worry. Afraid you're not going to have enough money, you got to repent over that. He said, the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. How are you seeing yourself running out then? You don't believe that, repent over it. Amen. You know, you don't tell them what you may have to repent over, but be watching. Get stuff off your plate. Tell you got a clean slate. Give stuff to Jesus. Amen. I'm getting this off of here. Praise God. Now I got room for God to move. That's all you're doing is giving God a place to work. I got to show you another scripture. All you're doing is giving God a place to work. You want your relatives saved? Get stuff off the, get stuff out of the atmosphere that can hold them up. Get stuff out of the atmosphere that can hold up the power of God. Isaiah 59 says, Isaiah 59 verse 1, you can write it down. He said, God heard you. He can hear, and his hand is, is powerful, and it can move. He said, but, but sin can, can, he says, your sin is shut this down. It's not my power can't move. That's what Isaiah 59 says. This is what you're doing that's shutting it down. Amen. It says right here, he says, for I verily am absent in body, but in the verse 3, he said, that first of all, verse 2, he said, this person ought to be taken away from among So I don't get mad when people leave. And I do not go after them. Because they need to repent. You got to know the difference between the lost sheep. You got to know the difference between the lost sheep and a prodigal. You never go after prodigals. You can go find lost sheep. And if somebody's just missing in the house, that's the parable of the lost coin. The person's here, but they're lost while they're here. The lost sheep is somebody, is a lamb, is a lamb that can't get back. But a prodigal is someone that does not like the rules of the house and decides to run away. You got to wait till that person hits the wall and says, Pastor Rogan, I'm sorry. Just like this prodigal son came back, Father, forgive me. Why? You ain't, you ain't ready to give your boyfriend for me. So why, why am I making the call? You still want that. 
Why should I make the call? You still, that's what you want. As soon as I hang up his phone, I can pray deliverance. Over. I've seen him jump in deliverance lines and get deliverance line. You cannot lose a demon you want to keep. You have to realize that it's destroying my life, and you got to get proof yourself. That's what happened to the prodigal son. He came to himself. The best preacher in your life is you. When you say we th we're done with this, that's where I had to get. We don't need to preach no message to me. Sin's pleasure before a season. I was in that season. You can have the, all the messages you want. And then when you see how it's destroying your life, now you're sitting there slopping with the hogs now. Now somebody can talk to you. Let me read this. He says, I'm absent, verse 3, verily as absent in body and present in spirit, have judged already, I already judged this, as though I were present. When I see leaders that can't judge, I will not go to real church leadership. When I see them misjudge a situation, can't give them more power. That'll hurt the church. He said, I judge this already concerning him that has done this deed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together in my spirit and with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And see, so you got to decide whose side you're going to be on. Are you, is the church going to side with the flesh? Are you on the side of Jesus Christ, the power of the Lord? Are you going to keep power or are you going to side with the flesh? You side with the flesh, you just gave up on somebody's deliverance. You just gave up on salvation. You just gave up on the power of God. And I'm not going to do that. There's plenty of flesh churches they can go to. I can tell them where you can go to. You want same sex? I know there's a church for that too. We just don't do it here. There's a place I can send you. Amen. You like fornicating? I can send you to Mount somewhere. They don't care. He says to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. He's not playing. What part is getting destroyed? The flesh, not the spirit, not even the soul. The flesh is going to get destroyed. That's the power of the church. He said, you deliver him to Satan. That the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Saving of the spirit. Your glorifying is not good when you let it go on. Do you know that a little leaven, leaven the whole lump, he said, is going to go through your whole church. The only reason why is it hasn't because of the way I preach in this church. I want to keep the power working. When Miss Tanya was going through cancer, her boys learned how to stand with her at this church. She gave and got up and gave her testimony. All the healing testimonies in New Year's Eve served one of the most powerful services we had in this church. No, I want the power. I choose power because those people come to me. They don't come to the congregation for help. And if I dishonor God, then I shut it down, and it works for nobody. No, I get to hear the reports. They come to me. I get the calls. Car wrecks. I get the calls. I got to have the power. I got to side with the side of power. And anybody don't understand, then you will understand it later by and by. When somebody leaves you, 
leaves you with a child, and you got to raise it all by yourself because they're not going to be man enough to help you, or some girl break your heart and you want to go jump off Mount somewhere because your heart is broke because somebody else done moved on and left you and took, the, and took your soul. I've seen kids hang themselves in closets over boyfriends and girlfriends' relationships because their heart is broken. This stuff can kill people. And then who they call? And you got to go to the family, their daughter hanging from a coat rack in the closet. You got to stand in the emergency room because the girl took all kind of pills because the boy don't want her anymore. I'm talking about real life situation. You got to go there. You got to stand there and do it. And while the deacons keep acting a fool in your church and the motherboard is calling as all get out. No, I decided I'm going to be a real pastor and pastor a real church. And if people can't handle them, this is the Bible. This is worshiping God in spirit and what? Truth. Amen. I went a little long tonight, but y'all made me go down. Don't get mad at me. I'm just doing my job. Glorifying is not good. A little leaven run. Purge out the old leaven. Get them out. That you may be a new alum, even as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Look at verse 9. I'm trying to get down through this. I wrote unto you in a, an epistle not to keep company with fornicators. I don't even want you eating with them. You need to read that. Because people don't read it. Fornication will include pornography. That's where Dr. Jacob said that's where the word pornea comes from. Pornography is trying to attack the church. Men are stimulated by sight. So, men, you got to be like Job. I made a covenant with my eyes. There's certain things I'm not going to be looking at. Turn it off. You don't think you have to preach like this in today's time? Yes, you do. The enemy would try to take David, King David, he was up on the roof looking off the roof. Should have been out to war with the rest of the kings. An old Bathsheba out there. She could have took a bath in the house. That seems like to me. She knew the king lived next door. <laughs> David did a double take. <laughs> he was solid. Go! He was messed up. Just because he looked. Look and take you places you shouldn't be. Say amen to that. Amen. Can't you see it's tight but it's right? Amen. Can't you see that? I'm just saying that because anybody can get attacked with stuff. Amen. I'm just telling you. Praise God. You just got to put it down. Cast down imagination. Repent and get cleansed and move on. He says, not, yet not altogether with fornicators of this world. Now, if they're not a Christian, go on and have a Big Mac with them. You might win them to the Lord. Not altogether with fornicators of this world or with covetous or extortioners or idolaters. Uh, you must get, you got to leave out of the world if you're not going to, if you, if you try to get away from those situations is what he's saying. He says, but now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man is called a brother or be a fornicator. I know some people can't come back to this church anymore. They struggle with it their whole life. That's the reason why they're not here. Fornicator the whole time. Ever since I've known them, 23 years. And they tried to come to this church, 
tried to come to this church because they know we teach what we teach and they want the supernatural and have flesh problems the whole time and never would change. Married over and over again. Keep standing in the flesh. You don't want to change. I'm talking about praying in tongues tonight. Amen. I'm talking about living a spiritual life because praying in tongues and, and living a life of the flesh is not going to work. It's not going to work. Amen. He says, but if, if they say their brother, be a fornicator, covers them, such a one not even to eat. What happens sometimes, I don't even have to say it. The atmosphere of the spirit affects it to the point they just get up and leave and don't come back. What have I to do? He says, what have I to do? What have I to do to judge them also that are without? I'm not trying to judge outside the church. Do not ye judge them that are within, but them that are without God judgeth. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Why? Because now this man, he repented. Once the church dealt with it, he repented. If you don't have this chapter, he doesn't repent. There's no opportunity to change. And what which I don't remember which one the prophet said. He said, if if the pastor, and I'll say the pastor because I'm here, if he doesn't teach 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and I'm living that way, his blood is on my hand. That I'm going to get ahead of Calvary for. He said, worship, fault, and spirit of truth. But if you tell them and give them an opportunity to change, then their outcome is on you. The Bible says that the pastor has a given account of every person that was assigned to that local church for them to pass. You have to give an account of the spirit and truth that you minister to them. And a lot of preachers are in big trouble. I've seen even some of them cost them their life. Somebody came to this church and they were leaving a place and they said, well, I think I need to tell the pastor I'm leaving. I said, fine, go back and tell them. So where are you going to church at? Church on the Rock. What do they preach over there? Their word and spirit church. Well, if I preach that stuff here, the people couldn't handle it. So go on over there. Well, he ain't on the planet no more. One of the thriving churches took his own life. It will cost you. Mishandling the word. He said, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Not what they want to eat. You feed them and you teach them right. This is my church that I purchased with my own blood. And you better know it. You don't have a right to decide what people are given and what they're not given. You give them the word. And let the word separate them. If, that, if that's what's got to happen, let it separate them. But you side with how. You get some help tonight. Amen. Lift your hands to God.